Hey, it's BT. On this episode of Tales from a Gemini, I talked to Kensei Matsudera, and he's a, he raced the Moto America Mini Cup, is a champion in Mini Cup in the 160 um, category. And it was him and his dad, and we just talked racing and him growing up. And if you're not a fan of this kid after this interview, well, then I, I don't know what to say because I just love that knowing that I wanted to race and seeing that relationship between their dads, just like, like I did with uh, KD Jr. and his dad. It was just a beautiful thing to watch, watching these two. You don't get a better just kinship or closeness with your dad than racing and watching your son race and, and dealing with, you know, watching other tragedies and knowing your son is out there racing and what happens when your son crashes. I love this episode, man. It's, it gets me in my heart, in my feel. So I hope you feel the same way about watching this episode. hope you get a couple laughs and uh, enjoy it with Kensei Matsudera. Yes. We're starting firing off right, right on all four cylinders right now. One, two, three. Hey, it's BT with Tails from a Gemini. And, man, I'm so excited. Right before the Thanksgiving break, uh, my next guest, my next guest, it, it goes like this. I was at Coda. I was at MotoGP in Coda. And I'm trying to get everything situated with my passes and everything. So I'm watching the presser, the pre-event press conference. And... I see this kid ask Mark Marquez a question, but he is so, he's like a professional. I'm like, I'm going to lose my job to this kid. Who is this guy? Turns out this kid is a beast on the track. He races everything. He races flat track. He races mini GP. Matter of fact, he's the Moto America Mini Cup 160 champion. Uh, He went over to Valencia to race, and now he's a budding movie star. He had a a little bit role in a documentary called uh, Donde Nacen Los Palatos, which is uh, the day of the racer, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, my guest, Mr. Kinsei Matsudera. Hey, what's up, Kinsei? What's up? Hey, man, listen, how do you get your poise right as an 11-year-old? How do you get – it's like I feel like I'm talking to an adult, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I feel like I'm the 11-year-old and you're the 53-year-old. I mean, seriously, how do you get that poise already at this age? It's – I think it's kind of hard. Um, sometimes, but I think it just comes naturally too. I can tell it does because I, I, when I watch you ask Mark Marquez a question, I mean, I've been, I've asked him questions also and I get so nervous and I'm like, and you ask it like a pro bro. I mean, you were like a pro and I was like, how's this kid get the poise he's got? And then I watched you race, you race speedway, motocross, I mean, first of all, no one races Speedway in America that I know of. Speedway, and then you went over to uh, you went over to uh, Barcelona. You raced a little flat track. The question is, what don't you race? Um, nothing. <laughs> I love it, man. Okay, listen. Let's go back to the beginning. You have your dad here with you, Dad. Give me a little background on you before he came. Like, what was your life like before Kensei came and started taking all your money? And (laughs) 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 Or you you had to fund his racing dreams. What was your life like? I mean, were you a racer? Were you you wanting to race and then you fell in love and then Kensei came? Tell me about your life first. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, I loved motorcycles since I was, you know, younger, like teenage years. And um, in college, I got a bike and uh, started riding it in the canyons, track days, uh, started getting into some racing. And, you know, around that time when I was sort of really getting into the racing, 
um, you know, Kensei came along. Uh, he's my first son. I have a, a young daughter as well. But when Kensei was born, I'm like, hey, I really want to share my love of motorcycling with them. So what can they do? You know, and at that time, it's like, do I go racing? And, you know, it's expensive, you know, tires and bike and, you know, all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, let me see what's available for the kids and check it out and try to meet people and, you know, see what's out there. So I, you know, started checking out some uh, local uh, mini bike racing organizations, started racing it myself, um, you know, and then it was a ton of fun. You know, I probably had more fun racing minis than big bikes is, you know, you're riding 110%, but you're going so slow. So, you know, it's okay. You know, you can totally hit the other guy and like not crash and it's okay. And it's cheap, you know, a set of tires will last you a season. So, uh, you know, so I had a ton of fun doing that. We did like uh, 24 hour endurance races. That's actually something that um, I've been doing for maybe like a while, a while like eight, <laughs> nine years or something. And since last year, I kind of handed off to Kensei, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's all right. Hey. <laughs> so now, um, you know, He's doing that, and actually, we're planning on doing one again in a couple of weeks. So that's something that we're looking forward to in the off season. But anyway, you know, mini bikes started getting into that. We started racing with M1GP, UMRA, NorCal uh, Minimoto. There's a bunch of organizations in California that made it super easy to get involved, and um, you know, that's where when he was old enough to ride, uh, I started racing when he was four, and we've been doing it ever since. Man, I, I. I love talking to young racers. I, you know, I had uh, Christian Daniel, uh, Katie Jr. I had him on, and I have a. I just love talking to them because to me, there's the bond between father and son is just strengthened, you know. And it's and it's what I've always wanted to do. Where Kensei is now, that's where I wanted to be, and to know that. We, what you guys are doing, I mean, it just makes you guys just that much closer. And I never had that, you know what I mean? Growing up, like I wanted to race, but it did, it, you know, I couldn't, whatever. So now when I see that with well, you guys, it just, man, I love that. I mean, I know he's probably, maybe, I don't know, he's older than he looks. So I don't know if you appreciate that bond between you and your father yet, or, or, or do you realize that? Uh, I realize it for sure, just for everything he's put in for me. Now, do you realize how much you're draining him? I mean, because having a kid, period, is a lot of money. Having a kid, period, it is a lot of money just to school lunches and do whatever, all the stuff that kids entail, and now you want to race. Like, tell me about, like, now what do you do for a living, Dad? What do you do for a living? I'm a software engineer. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, well, there you go. So you can hack into bank accounts or whatever and kind of, <laughs> <laughs> and kind of fund this racing. So that's good. <laughs> so that's great. So, okay, listen. So you started racing. And I'm looking at your website at age. You started riding at age three? Yeah, in 2014, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, how did you know that was what you wanted to do? Because I have a three-year-old at my house, and it's been nothing but dinosaurs until he got to be around six, and then he's kind of going into bicycles now. But, I mean, it was nothing but and, my, and dinosaurs and, and Pokemon <laughs> and, and uh, Paw Patrol. So how did you know you wanted to ride motorcycles? My dad just took me to the track once, uh, Button Willow. Mm -hmm. uh, we brought our little electric bike. Um, it was with a Minimoto USA. Uh, once they're, the races and stuff are all done, uh, he brought out the little electric bike and I just rode around the parking lot and I, then like the spark just grew into me. Really? You rode on the track. Oh, I did? 
At Bunnell? Yeah. yeah, that oh. was your first time on the track. Oh. <laughs> you don't remember? I mean, it's only been eight years ago. You don't remember? Mm, not really. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely into the dinosaurs and Paw Patrol oh, yeah. and all that, too. For sure. <laughs> I think but, you know, he started getting on those uh, balance bikes, yeah. like Striders, when he was one. And, you know, he always loved it. You know, we watched MotoGP, you know, like, you know, with him in diapers and he enjoyed it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so we got him a little electric bike and as soon as he could, you know, sort of get on it, he did and he's been doing, doing it ever since. So he learned how to ride a little motorcycle before he could, you know, pedal a, a real bike. That came later, so. Wow, okay, I, cause I saw the video of you pushing I think, uh, I think it was him or was it another kid? You were pushing him around a, around a dirt track and getting him ready, like, make sure he had his balance. And then he kept, it was on Facebook, I think when he, on your Facebook page. And uh, It might have been. It might have been one of the other kids we were helping. Too. Yeah, I think it was another kid you were helping because I think they said yeah, thank yeah. you to you. But I just thought that was so beautiful to watch, man. And it's, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. now what happened? What would have happened, Dad, if, if he didn't get into your love? Because sometimes kids don't exactly follow the father. Sometimes they want to do their own thing. And, and it's like you have your passion and you try to, you know, share it with your son. And they, maybe your son's like, eh, and he goes a different way. Like, what would happen if he didn't? Yeah, I mean, that's totally cool, too. You know, I have a lot of, you know, sort of hobbies. Motorcycling is absolutely one of my biggest hobbies. But, um, you know, I have a lot of things, other things I enjoy, too. And I share all of them with Ken. And, uh, you know, like rock climbing, skiing, skiing mountain, biking. mountain biking. So, you know, he does all those things and does them all pretty well. So, um, but, you know, motorcycling is the one thing that stuck. We definitely did that the most. Yeah. And um, that's how know, it got to where we are now. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things, too, was that we made some really good friends early on with through motorcycles. Um, I know you guys interviewed uh, Christian Daniel and he was one of Ken's first like motorcycle racing buddies. And, you know, to this day, they're still like best friends. Yeah. So um, having a friend out there to ride with, train with and race with was definitely a huge thing that helped us, you know, get involved and stay involved. I think, honestly, and maybe it's just me because we're biased and in that world, but I think there's nothing like the motorcycle community. I think they're just open arms and whatever you need, even if you're competing against someone, and let's say a part, you need a part or you need somebody to help you with something, I just think they're so welcoming and so open. I mean, I just, and maybe it's just me, like I said, I'm biased, but everybody I've talked to and even being around that community, they're just so it's just a, a loving community. I mean, I think it's because it's a niche sport, and I think that helps, a niche sport. And it's, and everyone is so just, hey, man, you need help with this? I mean, I interviewed a, a, a flat tracker, and he was the same way. Something happened to his bike, and people were coming in and giving him parts to help him race against them. You know? So I just love that, man. I think that Yeah, is absolutely. Important. Is that what you guys found when you went to the racetrack also? Absolutely. You know, like from when we were doing tiny little mini bikes, you know, when they're you know, four or five years old to, even now. to now to still, you know, where we're fighting for a national championship or whatever, if our friends need anything like, you know. Okay. So now yeah. I give them parts. how do you get to the part to where you, you can, that you wanted to race? I mean, there's something different from riding. Okay. I'm having fun to actually competing. Um, I actually just threw him out, you know, to the wolves from like, you know, as soon as he was able to ride, I'm like, okay, let's go racing, you know, and just see what it does. You know, it doesn't matter how you do it. Just, Go out there, you know, it's a cool vibe because, you know, I, at that point, I've been doing it for a couple of years. Right. I knew a lot of the organizers and the people out there anyway. I'm like, it's just a cool family vibe. And, you know, just riding motorcycles at the track and stuff is fun. But when it's like a racing environment, it's like 
an even tighter knit community and family, you know? So, um, you know, I just wanted him to be a part of it and, you know, just no pressure, just, you know, something fun. Did you like it right away? The, the racing aspect when you got up there right away, did you like, Oh, I'm digging this. Or were you like, I don't know if I like this or not. Did you get scared? I mean, how, how were you feeling? First race, I was so nervous. So nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I fall? What if I do this? What if I do that? Um, but I ended up, what, like last? <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely not one of those things where like he came out and like he won his first race and yeah. crushed all the kids. It was not like that. But, but like, he had a ton of fun and you know, he did well and been improving so i was happy i just finished the race yeah and okay so and did, and did that make you go okay let me, let me try this again and when did you get to the point where you go i love it or you crave it you know what i mean like when did you get to that point hmm, maybe when i won the rookie of the year <laughs> <laughs> that was like okay i really i really love this sport like i want to keep doing it yeah. I guess when you're in a war like Rookie of the Year, kind of makes you go, yeah, you know what, this is okay. I kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Michael Jordan playing basketball. Like, you know what? I'm pretty good at this. I think I'm going to stick with this for a little bit, see how it works out. Yep. Now, okay. Yeah, now that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was when he was, you were four. four. Yeah, yeah. In 2015. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like <laughs> one of the local, um, you know, racing organizations we were racing with, M1GP, and they had a little award ceremony. They had little plaques for, you know, all the different, you know, classes and all that. He got Rookie of the Year. <laughs> he's like, you know. Oh, my God. At yeah, four. He loved it. At four. I mean, you're talking like he's a veteran, but he was four. And he, he gets Rookie of the Year. The only place to go after that is up. The only place to go is up. Now did, you, now, did you do any other sports at all? I mean, I know, I mean, I know you, you know, mountain bike and and different kind of disciplines. But I mean, do you like, you know, soccer or or you try to play football or maybe even basketball, anything at all? Um, at school, I used to play some basketball um, with my friends. It wasn't actual basketball uh, because they would always call fouls really easily. <laughs> oh, you stepped on my shoelace. That's foul. So. So I kind of stopped playing that, um, but at school I still play like basketball, soccer, handball, baseball, kickball, a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, not like super organized, but <laughs> yeah, for fun. Oh, just yeah. for fun. Okay, okay. recess sports. Yeah, recess okay. sports. Yeah. <laughs> but I see, see, see you're a black belt in something. What are you? About? Yeah, he started. We got him into taekwondo when he was three. When he was really little too. Three or four. Um, you know, just. For some, you know, fitness, whatever, just something to do after school. And, you know, he got a black belt. I don't remember when, like seven or eight or something like that. And then um, after that, uh, we switched to judo, um, something a little more like you know, really physically. Was, like, that, was like, that was when I was like nine. Yeah. And then um, so that's our thing now. <clears throat> you yeah. ba you're basically peaking before you even a teenager. I mean, you were a black belt at what, three or four <laughs> oh my god i mean seriously at taekwondo and now going judo dude i want no part of you so if you're <laughs> you've ever racing with somebody and it gets kind of cantankerous if they get into park firmware and they go you want to go you go i don't really think you want to do that bro i mean you, <laughs> you got the skills man what don't you do well i mean that you're already a black belt uh I don't. I can't think of anything at the top of my head. Uh, I think I'd have to think about it for like five minutes. 
And it's got to be the cheapest sport that your dad has you in. I mean, <laughs> other than running, I think if you, I think if, if you decide to take up running, your dad be like, "Thank God, I can afford tennis shoes." Okay, that's great. Because <laughs> every year at the new set of leathers, every year at the new set of leathers, because he's growing, he's gonna keep growing. I mean, man, this year we went through like three. He had a growth sport this year, so when he was little, it was yeah. it was good. He could get like two seasons out of this, you know. Yeah, set of leathers got, we but we got one suit over yeah. there in the closet that's like all beat up for two years it's just gonna get worse for you dad it's gonna get worse <laughs> for you now are you now you can try, trying to help your uh your daughter race also or are you uh she is not into it at all like she, i taught her we taught her how to ride yeah i mean maybe like every year like maybe once a year she'll like okay like this and then she stops so well, well, how old is she how old is she seven Oh man, she's old. Okay, compared, I'm like, she's old. <laughs> this this family's accelerated, man. I, I I feel so like I haven't done anything with my life. I mean, you already had a you already got a black belt. I mean, you started riding at three, racing at four. I'm like, I haven't done any of this, dude. You're excelling more than me, and you you interviewed Mark Marquez better than me. I mean. I feel like less than worthy now talking to you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Man, the sky's the limit for you, dude. Like, like, well, how do you set your goals? Like, before every racing season, do you sit down and write them out? Or you just go, I'm going to have fun, and we'll see what happens? Uh, it's usually just, I'm going to have fun, see what happens. But the main goal is always to have fun. Right. Second one is not to crash. And then third one's to win. I like that. But you know, but if you crash in, then if you learn why you crashed, whatever, yeah. then it's like a learning moment. But it's still probably yeah, not, yeah. it's still probably not fun though, right? Uh, uh, crashing's not fun, obviously. <laughs> but maybe every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, have have you ever been I guess I don't know, scared? I mean, I know we look as parents, we look at kids as <clears throat> fearless. But when you're out there, I mean, are there times you go like they do you get nervous or or scared to put it that way, scared? Uh, nervous for sure. Scared, not always. Maybe if I have like a big crash, mm -hmm. um, like if I high side, Ooh. maybe, maybe I'm fine. Just a little bruise on the knee or something, but right. maybe I feel like I break a bone. Have you, have you like that's sometimes when I get scared. Have you broken a bone yet? Yeah. Collarbone two years ago. Oh, for no, three high side. Yeah. High side. Oh. Now, which is going to bring me to the question, Dad, like, I remember riding, uh, like, I have a roommate, and she has a son, and I've been with, I was, I held that kid in my arm two hours after he was born, so I feel like he's kind of like my son. So, when we went riding bicycles yesterday, and he took a, man, he took a fall, man, he, 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 he took a, he front end wash out, and it's so hard to watch, you know, I mean, that's how kids learn, and that's just part of growing up, you know, we had, it happened to us also, but how do you as a dad, as a parent, Watch your son race, and you know, like I said, he, you know, he's breaking his collarbone or he has a crash. I mean, how do you deal with that as a parent? Is that easy? It's you definitely up? hard. Yeah, um, I know. Just uh, you know, through experience, that Ken tends to crash pretty well. Um, he's kind of knows how to like, you know, Not absorb the damage a little bit. Um, that's one of the reasons we got him into martial yeah. arts too. You know, to kind of flexibility balance um and then you know learning to fall is definitely important um it's also kind of like big boned and you know kind of sturdy a little heavier but um you know some of the crashes that he's had i'm like oh you know but he gets up and walks away and he's fine he 
gets right back on and keeps going. But um, that definitely helps. Um, and um, just as a writer and, you know, as an athlete, I think he's, especially for his age, a little bit on the cautious side. Like, um, he's not like one of those kids who are just like full send all the time, like zero fear. He definitely has a healthy amount of it to where he's like, okay, I feel comfortable to this. And, the, you know, there's some progression involved, you know, especially right. when like we're learning motocross or something, you know, hitting the jumps, he, you know, wasn't pinned, you know, hitting that first tabletop that first time, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got like an inch of air that first time. And then, you know, that became two and three and then, you know, so, so, so on. But yeah, he's, I mean, just from watching you, watching your videos, meeting you and trying to study you a little bit, it seems like you're very measured in what you do. Like, I, I, you don't seem like a reckless kid. You seem like you're very measured, you're competitive, but it's a measured competitive. I mean, like I said, you're wise. You seem wise beyond your years. And I would love to race against you because if I was racing against you, I would feel like if it's me and you, I know he's not going to do something stupid to take us both out. If he's going to pass, he's going to be clean, and it's, and it's not going to hurt. Like, you know how, like, if you're racing his um, – put some names out there, and I don't mean disrespect to him, like Jeremy Alcoba or, or a couple of guys from Moto3, and you see him on the dashboard, you go, oh, no, this is going to hurt. You know, where I think if – your son, I think, he's like more of a measured kind of a racer. Am I correct in that? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I try not to make aggressive passes. Not, not aggressive, but, like, in a way where it – hurts the other rider let's say mm -hmm. um obviously make aggressive passes when i need to mm -hmm. if i need to which is very rarely bump into them um but you for the most part i make clean passes hey, yeah. yeah you seem that way I just, i'm just amazed dad like when he broke his collarbone like what did the mom say and what was it a question did you ask him like hey uh you still want to do this? Or, I mean, was there a, a, was there a conversation about that? And did you, Ken say, did you go, uh, did you even think twice, like, this is, is this what I want to do? I mean, was that conversation ever had after that? Um, I don't remember. Probably not. I mean, we, ha we always had this little thought, like, oh, like, what if I get hurt more? Oh, what if I, I don't know, I'm scared of this and I go even slower. Um, Stuff like that, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I was never okay. We're gonna stop. Like I don't want to do this anymore. I was, I was, I was afraid of the track for quite some time. Really, but never of racing, never of a bike. Really, so you're like, how are you afraid of the track? Like in what way? Um, kind of because I crashed there, and like if I broke a bone there, it kind of makes me scared, but. After like two months, I I was fine and I went there, mm -hmm. went fast, and that was and that just filled up my courage again. Because it's almost like uh, when the big racers. I mean, because we always think you guys are invincible. Like, because you mean there, there's that. I mean, you've seen you've seen the MotoGP guys, the the pain they go through, or whatever they break. Like when Jorge Lorenzo races with that broken <clears throat> collarbone and and acid, and you see what they go through, and it, they seem you know beyond human. Like that's what they call the aliens, and that's why like you got to realize you know you're just as normal like 
normal like everybody else. So you do have that mental block of like, okay, I crashed this track, I crashed this turn right here. Now I gotta master that, or I gotta forget that it happened, or you gotta go through. Do you have to? Do you mentally go, okay, this is where I crashed. Let's say in turn four. Now do you go? Okay, here's turn four. I can't do this, or you know what? I'm still gonna do the same thing and just you know hope for the best. Um, not really, because the crash that I broke my collarbone mm-hmm. was an early apex, and I ran into the grass. Okay. And then I came out of the grass and I pinned it, and then I high sided. Oh. So I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of that corner mm-hmm. at all. I was just afraid that I'd make that same mistake. Mm-hmm. And did you learn from so, that? Did you learn from that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was like I was like it was like the day before a race and I was setting uh PRs lap times mm-hmm. and um I just felt so good and just coming out early apex hit the grass coming out high sides um but never never at all I was really scared to um ne- never scared of that corner again okay. like I was just like, okay, just be a little more cautious, like the first five laps. And then, okay, I'm getting into this. Okay, now let's push a little harder and harder. Okay, I'm getting close to the grass. Let me move a step and a notch back, like stuff like that. So I was never really afraid of that corner. Okay. Now, Dad, now I hate that, you know, I don't want to bring guys down, but this year was, you know, kind of, I didn't say bad year, but, you know, we had three tragedies on the track. Uh, you know, one in MotoGP, one in World Superbike, and then one in, I think, the, the series that raced over in uh, Valencia, the, the, how do you pronounce that? The, the European uh, Telecom. Yeah. yeah. The film stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how did that affect you? And did you, did you know the riders and, and, or did it affect you? No, for sure. You know, it was definitely, um, you know, really shocking to see, um, you know, some really young riders. Um, we didn't know any of the riders personally, but, um, you know, they were definitely like only like, you know, one or two degrees of separation away from, you know, people that we're close with. So, um, you know, and these are all in series that we're looking at. So, um, you know, definitely hit close to home and something that we really kind of thought, you know, think about and consider. And, um, you know, it was definitely kind of tough, but, um, you know, kind of keep going and you know yeah yeah and i can't say how did how did, how did you manage that mentally can i mean for you because you're act you know you're actually racing i mean i i can i can empathize with the dad watching you and you have no idea what he's going through watching you then how do you because you're the one that's out there so how do you knowing what happened like say you know the first time you raced after knowing what happened to one of the racers what, what i mean is that in your mind or do you block it out uh, I don't think about it at all. My when I'm riding, my mind is fully clear. I try not to think about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go out and ride, race, uh, have a good time, just be safe. Um, even off the track, I never really think about it, mm-hmm. just because it might mentally fear me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just never try to think about it. Okay. All right. Good for you, man. I mean, honestly, that's it, that was tough because I mean, I hated to ask that, but it, it, it's there. It's the elephant in the room. You know what I mean? And, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, man, being just knowing you, I mean, it's it's great because I love watching him race, but now I know what that's like for you, Dad, because you know that's your pride and joy, and it's just that, that part of you has always got to be like, 
you know? I mean, keep your fingers crossed. Like, you want him to do well, but you also want him to come back and, all right, let's try this again. You oh, know? yeah, big time. You know? So this year, let's talk about something happy. This year, you won the, uh, the what was it, the, the MotoGP, I mean, uh, the Moto America Mini Cup. You won that, and you won a guitar. Am I not right? Yep. Do you still have the guitar? Oh, yeah, can you, for sure. Can you play guitar? No, not you- at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too much musical ability here. Wait a minute. That's the only thing he can't do is play guitar? That's the only thing he can't do? I can't play any musical instrument, although I can just string random strings, and I can hit random keys on the piano. That's fi- it. Finally, something you can't do. It was so – you were annoying the hell out of me because I'm sitting there talking to you, and you've done everything. You're a black belt. You race every kind of discipline I wish I raced. And I'm, I'm going – I'm starting not to like this kid. So finally, there's something, <laughs> there's something you can't do, and I'm so glad. I'm so, I'm so Wait, glad. Wait, I can play Twinkle Little Star All on right, the It's over. It, it's done. It's <laughs> Good for you, man. Well, tell me about your first championship season in Moto America in the, in the Mini Cup. Uh, just super ex- exciting. Mm-hmm. Like the first race, we were going into it expecting uh, 110 to be fighting for the championship mm-hmm. and 160 maybe be a podium here and there. Um, maybe try to get top three in the championship. And at Road America, I won 110 with a gap of like 10 seconds. And oh 160, God. I had a good battle with Jesse. So. After that, I was like, okay, I got a good shot at the championship. Then at Ridge, we had um, double wins again. Um, that Then I was like, okay, I'm really going to fight for this championship. Like, I've got it. Um, and that kind of went on into Pittsburgh. Although in Pittsburgh, I was really pressured um, because – a lot of the East Coast kids, mm-hmm. like Nathan, Mac, they would all go there to practice. Um, and uh, I was kind of like, okay, like, this is their home track. So, like, it's going to be kind of hard. And I ended up only getting second and third in 110. Mm-hmm. But in 160, uh, I won both races, and I won the championship by then. It's funny you said pressure, and I just don't – no offense, but I don't. I, I I just don't realize that you do. Do you feel pressure? I mean, oh I, yeah. I just think that you're younger, oh, so yeah, you do. I mean, how do you feel that pressure? And and what do you do to alleviate it? And Dad, how do you do? Do you ask your son like, "Hey, how you feeling?" Whatever. And how do you help him alleviate the pressure? I definitely you know make sure that he doesn't feel pressure from me, you know, or us, because you know that's the last thing that the kids need, I think. And um, you know. At the end of the day, you know, we just want to support him and help him go out there, have a good time, obviously do as well as he can. And really, I think the results are for him, you know, Um, at the end of the day, he's the one that's motivated to go out and let's say, you know, if he's fighting for a win or whatever, then, you know, if he's going to push to make that pass or whatever, um, he's got to be motivated for it. You know, he can't be trying to do it to impress someone or uh, to make someone else happy, like, you know, that's not a, that's not going to work long-term, you know, so, or even in the short term, really. So, yeah. um, you know, just go out there, have fun, you know, do your best. And, you know, you can't win everything, you know, yeah. like you certainly can't go racing expecting, you know, uh, results at every race. Cause 
you know, it's not realistic. And yep. at that point, I think it doesn't, it's not fun anymore. So, um, you know, but I think uh, pressure is definitely something that we need to work on. Yeah, struggled a little bit with this year. Really? Um, you know, definitely getting a lot more attention now. And, you know, the better he does, the, you know, better that people expect him to do. And I think he feels uh, like he doesn't want to let people down. And, um, you know, he kind of sets high expectations for himself. Do you get anxiety? Uh, Do you get anxiety sometimes, Kensei? No, not really. I just, I just feel pressured to do well. Like, like he said, I, because I do better and better, Mm -hmm. uh, I get more pressure from other people. um, They expecting me to do better. So um, at that point, it's kind of pressuring and it's harder to do well. You just got to remember to have fun. I mean, I, and, and yeah. it's easy for me to say that from here, you know, I'll say being an older person or whatever and watching you, but, you know, the it, it is. It all boils down to, are you having fun? Because once it stops being fun, that's when it's like, eh, let's do something else. I mean, you got to remember, and, you know, and like I say, it's easy for me to say that, but, you know, you got people, you got sponsors, and you got this and that, and then, like, you, you're moving up, so they're talking about you here and there. Maybe, you know, you get this right here, you got to do well here. So I can, I, I know what you're saying, uh, talking about when it's coming about pressure, but, man, same time at the end of the day you got to remember man just have fun you know i tell people that all the time like sometimes i have a big show or or if i get the, you know if i have a good set i can uh, mm-hmm. maybe get a tv uh, be on tv or whatever and i'll get in my head and at the end of the day it's like just remember just have fun just go do what you do and have fun and i think that's what you always got to remember and also what helps honestly i know you do a lot of training with everything but it probably goes on with your martial arts training is yoga and meditation helps so great I mean, that, that breathing with the yoga and meditation, that helps. When I race go-karts or, or getting, you know, it gets a little shaky sometimes when I'm racing motocross or whatever, man, you're getting that yoga breathing, and it kind of just slows you down. You know, I don't know if you do that, yeah. but, yeah, try a little yoga, man. I think it'd be good for you. You know, you do everything else, you might as well try some yoga. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You do some, like, deep breathing exercises and, yeah. like, meditation stuff. Um do you visualize? Yeah, do you need, do you need uh, visualization exercises? Yeah. Um. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. We, so we try to do it a little more. Uh-huh. Um, just because it'll help set a plan for the race. Um, and it'll help me focus more. So we're definitely gonna try to do that more. Okay, so walk me through a race day for you. Like, walk me through a race day. The race morning. Race morning, you wake up. Is there a, are you a superstitious or do you do a certain routine? Do you like, you have to wake up and put your left boot on first and then your right boot and then to put your, I mean, how does it work? And when you're going up to the, the grid, I mean, what's your mind like? Do you say, Dad, don't talk to me. I got to get into this race mood. I mean, how does it work for you? Um, in the morning, I don't really have a set routine. Mm-hmm. I just... The night before, I just try to get enough rest. Just go his favorite underwear, though. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got my favorite underwear and my favorite socks. What's, what's your favorite? Is it underoos? What is it? Is it? Is it Pokemon? It's a Rossi underwear. No. <laughs> it used to be a different one. It was like, uh, I don't remember, but now it's the Rossi one. And I have a special set of socks that are very comfortable. <laughs> Special underwear, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I needed to hear that, but, but that just made my day. 
So, okay, so what would happen if you like what would happen if like, you're going for the championship and it's you know it's like winner take all and then all of a sudden the night before, Dad, where's my underwear? <laughs> you don't have your you don't have your lucky underwear. What would you do well, with then that? I'll wear my second lucky underwear <laughs> and then my third and then my fourth. <laughs> I never expected to hear lucky underwear. I thought maybe put your, put your glove on the right one first, the left one first, but lucky underwear. Well, that's good, man. That's a good. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, I was not ready for that one. I was not ready for that one. Dad got me with that one. <laughs> okay, so you're on the starting grid, okay? It's, it's uh, five minutes for the race, whatever. Where's your mind at? What are you thinking? Um,. That's the time where I try to clear my mind. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I just try to focus on the race. Um, I kind of think in my mind, okay, now we're on the grid. It's a real race. It's not qualifying. It's not practice. It's time to get it done. Like, that's kind of how I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and I try not to think of anything else. Now, a lot of racers talk about, you know, and you've seen it before, the red mist when a, when a racer gets mad. It gets, say, say, oh, so, yes. say somebody has that hard pass and you go, oh, that was dirty. Or they do something, you go, oh, really? You want to cut my nose off? Okay, that's how we're racing. I mean, have you ever gotten it? And what have you done uh, to maybe alleviate that? Or, or did you do something that you go, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I was mad? Um, maybe... Not when I, not while I'm racing. Uh -huh. Maybe if I crash and I and I was in a good position. Yeah. Maybe I'll have red mist for a while, a little while yeah. in the pits. Um. Have you ever been mad at a at a specific racer that did, no, that, never. did that did something and you went, "All right, man, that was dirty," and then you go, "Okay," and you just let you let it go. Okay, I'm just gonna let it go because I got another race tomorrow. I mean, has that ever happened? No, not really, never. But it will. Maybe, maybe in a race, uh, I get mild red mist because someone makes cuts my nose off, or like someone, like almost crashes me out. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Oh, and then I'm like, okay, you really want to ride like that? Okay, let's go. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Like maybe somebody, you know, you see somebody trying to steal your lucky underwear. I mean, I mean, you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get your red mint. That's what I'm talking about. So now you go over. You, you get selected. You're in the top three. You go over to Valencia last week, I think it was, wasn't it? Or, or two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah. So you go over to Valencia, and you're right. And it's got to be the dream weekend for you. You're one of the three Americans selected to race. And also, it's Rossi's last race weekend. Man, how was it over there racing? And what was the difference you noticed racing in that division I and mean, racing in that that uh it was the mini gp right if i am mini gp yes like how elevated was that talent level and and were you intimidated by it or or did you go i can race with these guys well the whole the whole year i was riding with the the spanish champion not the spanish championship, the, spanish championship. okay yeah, yeah spanish championship mm -hmm. uh the mini gp 110s um so i knew the level i knew that it was really high um, I knew that they'd make aggressive passes. I knew that they'd be the top three. So, like, I was going into it expecting, like, okay, we got to get into the main, then top ten, then maybe top five, maybe even top three. Mm -hmm. Who knows? 
Um, but I wasn't, because I was over there and a lot of people were watching, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of got pressured thinking, okay, so many people are watching. It's even on TV. Like I have to do well. Like I was kind of pressuring myself on that mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't put me in the right mental spot for free practice day one, day two, day three, I think. No, just oh, day one and day two. Um, so I was just pressured and not in the right mental spot and it didn't set me up for a good place. And, and what did you learn from that? I just learned to not pressure myself. Even if I, even if people are expecting me to do well, just clear it, clear all that out, pretend it's just a local race. And in the end, it's just you and your bike. Do you ever yeah, listen to music to help you? Like, you know, like clear your head or, or is there any, like any kind of, like, what do you listen to? Uh, I have a playlist of different songs uh, that my dad put in for me. Oh my God, your dad put, so there's got to be some old guys in, right? That you go, <laughs> dad, what is this? Who's Duran Duran? <laughs> uh, I also have this speed cube that I use to calm myself down. Um, it, it's just a Rubik's cube yeah. that spins really fast. Really? It, it's what the pro guys use. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, what is this? And you just play with it until you get it to all the colors are on the yeah. same cube and it helps you mentally. Yeah. It like clears my mind with everything. It just calms myself down. It helps me focus and, I just, then when it's time to go, I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm, I'm focused and my mind is clear now. Man, I love that, dude. I love that. And now, but, but were you intimidated a little bit when you, cause when you go overseas, man, it's a whole different ball game. I think everybody says that you at the level is like so elevated. I mean, the Spanish now have basically taken what Kenny Roberts has done and they, the, basically the, the, the students have surpassed the teacher in what they've done. So like, were you intimidated going over there? And what was your first, I call it like, oh, crap moment where you went, wow, this is, this is what they're doing. Was there ever a moment? And can you think specifically of a, of a specific time? Because I asked Sean Dylan Kelly that. And he goes, when he was in Red Bull Rookies Cup, and he said he's doing, like he's really going all out, and he's, and he's going to go into a turn. And he said Raul Fernandez passed on the outside, and he goes, holy crap, this is what I got to deal with. So was there a, a moment like that for you? Uh, we just heard stories from a bunch of people who went overseas, mm-hmm. uh, especially like Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was always our friend, so he'd always give us like information. Okay, like the level's really high here. Uh, they're gonna make aggressive passes. Um, it's like America. People who win in America can get like mid pack to last in Spain. So, um, I went there what two years ago. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, 2019 mm-hmm. uh, with RG and Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're my two friends. And um, I did a race there. Uh, and it was hard. It was hard. Very hard. Yeah. And what, what made uh, it so hard? What made it so hard? Like, I looked at my qualifying times and it was 
it was okay. Um, but compared to the all the other guys, I was pushing my maximum at the time. Yeah. And um, they were just on a whole different level. Like I, I just thought to myself, holy crap, they are fast. Yeah. And I think up until that point, you know, like that was our first race in Spain. Mm-hmm. It was our first time there. We spent like a month, uh, you know, hanging out and training with Christian and, you know, uh, kind of last minute we decided, hey, we're here. Let's see if we can do a race here. Um, so we did. Yep. But, um, you know, up until that point, uh, you know, Ken's been racing over here in the U.S., um, there was almost nobody his age. He was always racing against older kids. So, you know, even if he wasn't winning, he's like, okay, well, these kids are like, you know, a lot older than me you now. Just I'll do my thing. But when we went there, he was up against all the kids that were his age or some even younger. And to see them so much faster was really eye opening. So that was kind of a, maybe a turning point in his racing career. Like, how old are you? Like, eight seven at that time so but from then on he was like okay dad like i gotta go fast instead of like hey i'm happy being you know like sort of top you know one of the top three local kids or whatever he's like okay like i see where i want to get to Mm -hmm. and you know training sort of got more serious he started like uh, being more motivated and pushing himself more from then on right um so you know that's sort of been the goal We, we were actually trying to race over there the whole season in 2020 but yeah COVID. due to covid and the travel restrictions you know that ended up falling through but this year we finally were able to go over there and do a full rate full season with mini gp racing uh you know 110s in spain in the spanish championship and um you know in the first race we wanted to see you know in the last year and a half um how much he was able to improve because last year uh we did motor america here which was really nice you know because now he could kind of compare himself to uh, you know, the fastest kids in the country and, you know, uh, see from there uh, how how much he improved compared to the Spanish kids. And he definitely did. He was way better. Um, and throughout the whole season, we kept improving and getting closer and closer to the top. Um, and then so going into this final uh, mini GP world final at Valencia, um, you know, we kind of expected that the level would not be as high as a Spanish championship. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, there's only three Spanish kids. So... You know, the, you know, the other kids from the rest of the world, we know they're going to be good, but I can't imagine that it would be like racing a field full of Spanish kids, you know, <laughs> and we were kind of right about that. But at the same time, um, you know, just with the whole show with MotoGP and I think a part of it was with the expectations that, hey, this is kind of our chance, you know, um, because it's not a field of, you know, 30 Spanish kids. Yeah. You got kids from all over the world um, that we actually have a pretty good shot, you know, after having raced in Spain. And I think that kind of added to, you know, maybe uh, pressure mentally, like, you know, internally for Ken. And the format was kind of unique too. Um, It was kind of a combination of how they do uh, set up qualifying in MotoGP and uh, like the European Talent Cup where they have like last chance races. Yes, I love that. All of the lap times from free practice get, kind of determine where you are in qualifying right then depending on qualifying only like the top two from each one go on to the next one and so forth so uh, i think there was extra pressure there again um, because even when we're racing in spain the format is again different from what we're used to here but we're used to how they do it in spain we have you know three practice presses we've done it for like the first time was hard but we've done it for so much 
for so long mm-hmm. that I got used to it. I adjusted to it and I got better at it. I adapted to it. There you go. Um, you have to. Yeah. So, but again, this was something different. And because, um, you know, we struggled a little bit with bike setup, we made some changes. It was a lot better, but, you know, sort of the lap times weren't coming in the free practice sessions. And I think there's, you know, kind of getting frustrated and, you know, maybe a little bit of that red mist, which, yeah. you know, in like a qualifying racing, it, I, don't, I don't think it's particularly helpful. We want to avoid that, you know, so, oh, right. um, so, you know, we ended up not doing well from the first day, which kind of made it a little difficult. So, you know, that kind of set us up on a, like a little less than ideal uh, situation for all the races on the second day. So the results were, you know, sort of what we were expecting or hoping for, but definitely a good learning experience. And um, yeah, it was, it was really cool to be part of that show. So having seen that and been a part of it and being like, okay, I see what this is about now. Is there a party goes okay? You know, when I go back over next year, man, I'm gonna show it. Like I know what I'm, I know what I'm getting myself into, and but I know I can hang with these guys. I mean, are you just, are you just chomping at the bit where you just can't wait to show these guys? I mean, what I did it in the Spanish championship that I did this year in the one tens, uh-huh. there was a field full of Spaniards, and my best position was eighth, which is not that bad. Um, but if I could have done that at the FIM, uh-huh. like if it, if I got eighth in the Spanish championship, which is probably a lot higher than the FIM right. 160s, then I probably could have been like maybe even top five to in the span in the world final. So it was, it was a little disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still young and I still got a few more years to go. So I'm looking forward to it. Hey, yeah, we'll just, you know, enjoy the trip. You're 11. The yeah. You're 11, man. Don't be so hard on yourself. What are you? <laughs> what are you? Sixth grade? What, fifth grade or sixth grade? Fifth. Yeah, yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. You're in fifth grade. You got time to turn it around. Trust me. You got time to turn it around. I mean, <laughs> you have no idea, man. I'm looking, I'm just talking to you going, kid, you have no idea. You got the world right here, man. I mean, we've all, we have a little stumble here and there. But like I said, once you can see where you're at and go, okay, make adjustments, dude, you can do, I mean, it's never, I mean, no one knew the animal that Marquez was going to be until I think after Moto 2. Because I mean, I remember when he, when he won Moto 3 or 125s, I said, this kid's a little different because if you watch that race, he had some troubles with his bike and it almost didn't make the race. They had to take it apart, almost didn't make it. And for him to be there mentally and just to steal himself and then go out and do what he had to do, I said, this kid's different. But no one knew he was going to be the animal he was. No one knew Fabio was going to be how he turned out because, you know, it wasn't going very well for Fabio in, in Moto3 and then Moto2. And then he won that race in Moto2 in Barcelona. And after that, it kind of spiraled. So, man, you got time to turn around. You're only 11. I mean, don't be so hard on yourself. I would say this, though. I would say kind of stay away from girls. I mean, if I were you, I'd just stay focused. No girls, buddy. No girls. Maybe some video games. Hang out with your buddies. But no girls. Blinders on, man. Blinders on, bro. All right? I don't want you hanging out with any dances. I don't want you being on some dating site like, I don't know, Teen Tinder. I don't don't want you doing any of that. But you focus, the focus animal you are, man. So what are your goals for 2022? What are your goals, buddy? Um, to win 
another mini GP mm -hmm. 160 championship. Mm -hmm. If we do that again, um, if I go to the FIM um, World Series, I would like to get top 10 you will or get into the main first. You will. You will. Um, Speak it. I would like to just get good results on everything I can. There you go, man. Speak it into existence. You're going to do it, dude. Speak it into existence. Just the way you ask Marquez those questions, look at the race that way, man. I mean, you got it. That's why, honestly, that's why I, when I met you, I was like, this kid has got it. I mean, I just love talking to GP. Y'all were so nice to me. And, so, I mean, I mean that. I was just like, I was so impressed that I go, I got to have this kid on. And I was like, do I wait a year? Do I, you know, whatever. And I knew I had to have the dad on, too, because it's only fair because, you know, dad's funny. <laughs> you mean, you're the quote unquote sponsor of the team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, so so before we get out of here, man, what's your uh, who are your who are your idols as far as uh, racing goes? Who did you look up to that you know you wanted to emulate, or you're like, oh, that's my guy. Um, Daijiro Kato. Uh, uh, in my or I think he is one of the greatest Japanese racers of all time. Um. Uh, that's my number. Uh, I'm running his number right now, number 74. Um, oh. And I want to be just like him. What is it about the Japanese riders, man? Because Rossi always credits that, that. That was his favorites, man, uh, when he grew up. What is it about the Japanese riders that makes people go, I want to be like those guys? I don't know. Well, for us, you know, being Japanese is definitely like, a, you know, well, you know, that's a role I, I, I was, I was going to get to yeah. that because, I mean, a lot of people shy away from race and I don't think you should because, I mean, there's nothing bad on it. I mean, it's like I want everybody to do well, American or not, but now I'm biased because you guys are American. So I'm biased in that way. I want you, I want you to do yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you know, in the same way with, with, you know, KD Jr., man. I'm like, oh, my God, somebody that kind of looks like me. I want them to do well, but I want everybody to do well. But I, you know, but I was especially going to be like, kind of like, oh my God, this guy's in, he looks like me. It's, it's kind of like when, you know, James Stewart was coming through motocross. It's yep, the yep. same way. So you can relate to that, you know? So, and that's why I asked. And I remember uh, looking on your thing on, uh, on your Instagram, how when you went to uh, Kota when you were younger, uh, that you were wearing, I think, uh, uh, Kata's uh, uh, jersey or whatever. And the Repsol guys saw that and they invited you into their, uh, their, their paddock, right? Yeah, uh, I was wearing uh, the Daijiro hat yeah. and the... Tomizawa shirt. Yeah. Sure, Tomizawa t-shirt. Oh, he's one, he was one of my favorites. I mean, he yeah. he really was. I, 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 that's one of my regrets in life that I didn't get a chance to meet him because I... Watching him race that first race in Moto2 in Qatar, I fell in love, oh, with, yeah. I fell in love with that guy. I really did. Yeah, yeah well, so what is it about the Japanese riders, man, that make them so just iconic? I don't know. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's always definitely special to see sort of, you know, one of your own, you know, kind of especially in like a, you know, world championship setting where, you know, kind of showing the rest of the world how good they can be. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, uh, you know, for me personally, like um, just the way they carry themselves with humility and hard work, dedication, I think that's one of the traits that a lot of the Japanese writers have. And Personally, I also love um, you know Nikki Hayden because he was has a lot of he had a lot of those same traits you know and uh, you know, that's you know that's what I believe in. So. I mean I don't want to toot my own horn, but if you guys get a chance to go back in my archives on Tales from the Gemini, I, I uh, have have a talk with uh, Ayumi Sasaki, and uh, he was a funny guy, and we uh, we talked, and he was telling me how when he was grew up, it was just him who wanted to race, so he was he would be by himself 
doing kind of like circles in the street, whatever, on his cy- on his motorcycle. He wanted to race, and he had an interesting story. So if you guys get a chance, go listen to that interview, man. It was oh I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love You've been going through your archive. Actually, we've listened to a whole bunch already, but we haven't uh, listened to uh, Sasaki's yet. So I love that. Check that out. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, the the press uh, girl she told me she goes once he gets talking, he's funny, and we had to get him out of his his uh, his, his little, little little like shyness. And when he, once he came out, the guy's funny. If you ever get a chance, listen to that. He has a nice little story. And oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, man. I, so I wish you guys nothing but the best, man. Like I said, you, I, you, got the, you got the temperament. You've got the maturity. Like, I wish I was, man, I wish I was you when I was your age. I mean, I was, I don't know where I was, but I was nothing like you. You are so elevated. You can talk to my producer. He looks at me like, I know. My producer's 20, and this guy is like, a, he's like a grown, he's older than me mentally. He's 20, but he doesn't know who Pearl Jam is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who that is either. You know what? You're not supposed to. You're 11. Matter of fact, go to bed. It's me and your dad gonna talk. Go to bed. <laughs> but, 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 yeah. But I just love your temperament. I love everything about you, man. You've got the world right here. You see what it takes to be a champion. I know. Is that one of your goals to be a MotoGP or just make it to MotoGP? Yeah, I want to be a person, a rider who's fighting at the top in MotoGP. I mean, it's going to happen. Speaking into existence, you have a great, and I, and and this goes to your dad, man, because I'm, you know, more of your dad's age, and I don't have a son, so this is like, man, I can only imagine, man, the pride you have watching your son and just, you know, being there and not being that dad, like, come on, you got to do this, like, you know, he's nervous, so it's like, I'm gonna be quiet. Let him get in his own space, but you're always there behind. I just think it's one of the most beautiful things ever, and I love watching this. I really do. Katie, uh, like Katie Jr., I love his dad, and I love that relationship. And this, too, I think it's so beautiful. I wish you guys nothing but the best. I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. I want you to, uh, you know, take a week off. Get fat. You're 11, so get fat on this weekend. Okay, (laughs) eat, do whatever. Stay away from the girls, like I told you, and then start. And then I want you to get training. I want January second. I want you to start training hard. I mean, I want you to take a month off. I want you to take a month off, get away from it all, play video games. What you what do you play? Do you play video games? Uh, I just watch TV. I haven't no. played video games in a while. Well, what do you watch on TV? What do you watch? Uh, I don't know. Whatever I see. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I watch, I don't know, documentaries. I watch mind-melting TV shows. I watch educational TV shows. I, I, I can I see watch. that. There you go again. Now, now you're making me mad again. You're probably going to watch something I, I can't even get into, and you're going to be smarter than me, and I can just tell. Now you're making me mad again. You're going to be great, Ken Say. Keep it up, buddy. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. man. And, congr- and you too, Dad. Thank you so much for joining me. I had a ball talk. Thank you, you for having us. No, this is super fun. No, this is my pleasure, man. Like I said, man, I have a special place in my heart because I never, this is what I wanted to do. And no disrespect to my dad, but it's like, eh, this is one thing that I always wish I could have had. And that special relationship you guys have, I just think it's beautiful, man. So thank you so much, Kensei. Thank you, Dad. I appreciate that. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for watching Tales from the Gemini. You know how to do it. Hit me up on a DM or email me or whatever. Thanks for watching. Have a great holiday season. And like I say about this time, you know the word. Pay.